Welcome to Let's Run Fit with Be Lit, the podcast where we explore the secrets to unlocking your body's potential for faster times and better health. I'm your host, Be Lit. In today's episode, we are joined by Toussaint Stewart. He is an author and renowned plant-based nutrition expert who has a wealth of knowledge and experience all about the transformative power of plant-based nutrition. Whether you are a seasoned athlete or just getting started with your fitness journey, fueling your workouts with plant-based nutrition can be a game changer. So let's sprint right in and learn all about how plants can power our bodies. If you would like to introduce yourself, I'm so happy that you're here. You are a plant-based nutrition expert. So just kind of let us know a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Toussaint Stewart, and I was born and raised in Oakland, California. Um, I am a holistic health and wellness practitioner. Uh, Part of my practice is being a whole food plant-based nutritionist. I was certified through eCornell, which is run by T. Colin Campbell, the guy that did the documentary Forks Over Knives. Yeah. And um, he was my teacher. But I also have, I'm just an enthusiast around whole food, plant-based lifestyle and diet studies. So I study a lot of different practitioners like Dr. Sebi, Dr. Leila Africa, um, you know, Queen Afua, various different practitioners who have influenced me over over time. Um, And I create uh, holistic health and wellness uh, group coaching programs for clients to support them in establishing a holistic health and wellness practice with has, you know, three or four modalities that they can do before they leave the house. They don't need to go on a retreat to do this. <laughs> I train them to basically uh, develop practices that help them become the best version of themselves on a daily basis, right? And um, I also have a, a coaching container and that that coaching container is called Back to Whole Self-Care Academy. And, uh, but then there's also a coaching container called plant-based one-on-one raise your vibration, which I facilitate teaching people how to, uh, develop a completely different relationship to whole food so they can really become an energetic match to the lifestyle that they seek right through food, right? A lot of people who are trying to, you know, make ascension in their life and, you know, accomplish all these goals and dreams. Um, a, a poor diet is, is not yeah. going to be able to coexist with that, right? You need to get your diet on the same level. And I am knowing that plants have the highest vibration and nutritional integrity for the human body. Um, and getting people to just reestablish and reinvigorate their relationship to it, their mindset, and to raise their vibration to sustain this lifestyle is key. So um, that's what we do in that particular coaching container. Um, And, you know, I do a lot of other things as well, but um, yeah, I'm just an enthusiast around health and wellness. And uh, I just love this life. I was a public school teacher for about 20 years and I recently retired but a few years before I retired, um, I got uh, certified in whole food plant-based nutrition. I was a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for about eight or nine years now and um, a professional meditation practitioner using breath work. 
Um, and I've been teaching that as well. And so I'm just trying to bring, I bring everything together now because I realize, you know, it's really about addressing uh, the whole human because we're multidimensional beings, right? And so we need to address uh, address it all, you know? It's so true. I'm actually a teacher as my day job as well. So that's really interesting because okay. I didn't know that, but it's amazing. And the yeah. diet that we live on as a standard American diet, it's so heavy in meats and Absolutely. so heavy in processed foods that like, everyone's like, I don't know why America is struggling. I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> We're yeah. not eating things that are actually what our body needs. We're not getting our nutrients and we're getting way too much of the wrong kinds of protein. It's just, it's terrible. And it's just really affecting people's health. And that's one of the reasons when you said plant-based nutrition, I was like, yes, please come. Because mm -hmm. while I am not vegetarian or vegan or anything, I do eat meat. I do mm -hmm. eat it in very small quantities because I know how important that plant-based diet can be. I eat more plants than anything else. I'm probably like a 90, 10% split. Like, okay. It is absolutely amazing the difference in my runs and my workouts now that I have cut back, especially on red meat in particular, mm. to really kind of increase. And like, I look at beans now as a source of protein instead of just, oh, they're so full of carbs and fat. I used to be terrified of them. No. And that was yeah. not the answer. It was not the yeah. answer. Beans are fantastic. Yeah. And it's like in every meal we eat. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. so, so important. Yeah. So one thing I think a lot of people, especially those who would be listening to this podcast, they don't really understand the macronutrients. And particularly mm -hmm. when someone says plant-based diet, the most common things, I'm sure you've heard all these things as well is, well, how are you going to get your protein? How are you going to you know, get everything that you need? So could you kind of expand a little bit about how plants actually do have all of the different protein and nutrients that we need? Oh, thank you for letting me expound on this. <laughs> there are so many myths. And I point this out in my book. I have a book that I just recently authored called Plant-Based One-on-One, Whole Food, Whole You. And a lot of people uh, have this myth. I basically bust seven myths in the beginning of the book around uh, what a whole food plant-based diet is. And a lot of people feel like um, they're not going to get a complete protein eating a whole food plant-based diet. Um, we're meant to eat meat because it has all of the essential amino acids that the human body can't make and yada, 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 yada. So we're <laughs> supposed to eat this. And I'm like, okay, well, in fact, we're actually anatomically and biologically created to be herbivores. It is in the science, you know, uh, and so I prove that like seven different ways in my book, <laughs> but getting back to this idea of protein. Okay. I honestly feel like it should be, we should just call it what it is, right? Amino acids, amino acids, obviously, you know, this, they're the building blocks of protein. Oh yeah. Every single plant on the planet and everything you eat has some form of amino acid chains. It might not be a complete, <laughs> uh, you know, profile of amino acids that the body can't make, but there's 21 to 22 different amino acids, right? And one thing that allows plants to thrive as a complete protein with all the amino acids is dietary conglomeration. When you mix your whole food, a regular salad has a, is a complete protein because 
it's a, a mix of, you know, five to 10 different types of fruits. I mean, different types <laughs> of um, vegetables, right? And all vegetables, they have different amino acid profiles, but this mix will give you every, all the amino acids you need. Even if you mix like four to five different leafy greens, there's a complete protein right there. Um, if you mix a fruit salad, there's a complete protein right there. Uh, chia seeds are a complete protein. Um, quinoa is a complete protein. There are so many different ways, but see, the thing is, is that the body disseminates everything in a perfect way in that it will create the perfect protein with the food that comes into the temple, right? So it's not like, you know, just because meat is, has a complete amino acid profile that the body can't make, right? So when you eat meat, you're getting a complete protein, but there's a lot of baggage coming mm -hmm. with that meat, oh, right? Yeah. There's a lot of inflammation that comes with that meat. There's no dietary fiber that comes with that meat. There's constipation that comes with that meat. There, that you can clog your arteries. You become insulin insensitive, right? Because the um, animal fat takes away your ability to absorb and to use your own insulin. So you can have complications and eventually get type two diabetes or high blood pressure because that complete amazing protein of meat is literally destroying your body from the inside out. So even if you're, you know, you're not conglomerating your whole foods all the time, the digestive process is a process and the body is so intelligent that it will get its amino acids and make that complete protein that it needs for you on a, on a, on a moment to moment, uh, process through the digestive process because this is the way your body is created. So we don't necessarily need to focus on food that are quote unquote complete proteins. That is a myth. The body breaks everything down into amino acid chains anyway when it comes to protein and it creates the complete protein within the body, right? And so, um, and one thing about animal protein, just to wrap it up, is that it is a secondary source of protein. It is not a primary source of amino acids. The food that that cow ate, the grass, that's the primary source of amino acids, yes. right? So we need to right be there. eating the food <laughs> that they eat. Um, those, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing at how people, you know, it's like if you go to a thrift store, right? A thrift store has, you know, secondhand, secondhand clothes. And I actually like going to thrift stores because you Same. get all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> but what if somebody said, I want to be your tailor. I want to create clothes specifically for your body. This is the difference between eating plant-based proteins, right? As opposed to eating secondary source animal flesh proteins. Animal flesh proteins is like going to the thrift store. Food that is created whose first ingredient is the sun, right? This is like perfectly primary sources of protein, amino acids that are perfectly tailored for your body. And it's not been processed and then reprocessed into anybody's flesh. It is completely the real source. And so would you rather have a secondhand 
uh, go to the thrift store or a personal tailor to create your clothes for you. You, you decide, right? I love that analogy. It's probably one of the best ways I've always kind of explained it in like, it's the difference between going to go buy a meal kit, like in a box on the shelf at the grocery store, as opposed to going to the actual plant section to build a meal, like which Hello. one's going to be healthier and which yes. one's going to be exactly what you want. But your way actually, I feel like makes so much more sense. Cause I always mm. kind of use the, like, would you rather go have like the weird little box potato dish, or would you rather just make mashed potatoes that taste a thousand times better? <laughs> like, let's just be real. It does. Yeah. So, yeah. I love your analogy. Just, it fits perfectly. So mm -hmm. you are definitely a plant food expert. And I love that you truly understand how the plants are just what our body needs and how you actually understand the science behind it. That just makes me so happy. So on mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners, they're getting into workouts, they're getting into fitness. And I keep telling yeah. them like, you need a pre-workout snack or meal, depending on who you are and how much food you can handle. And so many times when I tell them they need a little bit of protein in that meal, they're always saying things like, oh, I, I couldn't have chicken before I go run. I couldn't have this. And I keep telling them like, it doesn't have to be that kind of a protein. What kind of suggestions would you offer as a good plant-based kind of meal that's got a good balance of carb and protein that wouldn't sit very heavy on the body? Well, first things first is um, when it, when it comes to, to eating food prior to a workout, I suggest that you eat a small meal, maybe an hour and a half or two hours before the workout, exactly. because you want that food to turn into fuel, right? You don't mm -hmm. want it to just be sitting in your upper digestive tract waiting to be processed because it takes time, right? Or the digestive return. process. <laughs> right. And then, oh yeah, exactly. And then you throw up because you've been, you know, you start your cardio first or something. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, you throw up. And so you want that food to be processed first. So I would say one of the best things to eat, uh, primary sources of energy, quick energy would be fruits, a mango, a banana, um, and one thing I like to do with my fruit salads, like, uh, you know, putting them together is I like to take some chia seed, uh, and, and make it a pudding, right? I'll make mm -hmm. a chia seed pudding because, um, chia seeds are a complete protein, but they are healthy fat as well, right? They're a complex, um, they're protein, but they're healthy fat. And so with that, the healthy fats are also, um, they're going to help you satiate a little bit and they're going to give you energy as well. And so if you get that pudding and you, and you, uh, when you, when you create the liquefied kind of pudding that, you know, uh, gets all the amino acids out and you have this like pudding, you can just use that as a dressing over your fruit salad and you can throw some nuts in there, some walnuts in there as well. Um, some pecans, um, and bam, you're ready to go. You got that. And then maybe about an hour, hour and a half later, because fruit digests very fast, right? You can begin to use the energy right away. Um, then you're ready for your workout. And you also have a complete protein because you have those nuts in there mixing with that. And you got the chia seeds and you're wonderful. Um, another thing you can have, I would say, is you can, you can grab a whole grain piece of bread, put a little peanut butter on there maybe with a little bit of agave, um, you can have that. Um, but I definitely like to make it light, nothing too heavy. And maybe an hour, hour and a half later, 
that has kind of processed into the fuel that you can use for that workout. And then you're good to go. Um, and I also, you know, you want to definitely have a, you know, a good source of water. Right. Oh, but yeah. one thing about, one thing about fruits is that fruits are your electrolyte sources. You need electrolytes when you work out. A lot of people try to lean into this Gatorade and lean into this power aid. These have all of these red 40 and oh, blue so five and all of these horrible things that really compromise your nervous system actually. Right. And I don't want nothing messing with my nervous system when it comes to my electrolytes. I want fruits in my nervous system. That mm -hmm. actually, fruits actually trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. I want to rest and digest. I don't want to be on fight or flight, you know? Um, and so you want to, fruits are so important around working out or for recovery and for within the workout because they're going to prevent muscle crapping. They're going to help you push through your workout because they have the good sugars, um, that are disseminated into your blood sugar slower because of the dietary fiber and you'll have a great workout. And of course you got your nuts in that, in that as well. If you're using some nut butters on your bread, or if you're using some walnuts in that fruit salad, um, and you should be good, you know, and you got the healthy fats with the chia seeds and the nuts too. So I think, um, I think that's pretty much my remedy around that because Focusing on the fruits is really key because of the electrolytes and because of how they give you immediate energy, right? I love that you talked about the speed of digestion. Cause again, when, with a lot of my athletes, I talk to them about using whole food options instead of all of this, like gels and stuff. Like I'll use a gel here and there when I'm running a marathon, cause it's just quicker to pack. But I also pack a lot of like the applesauces and things mm. like that, because it does digest quickly and it can give me what I need. I also Absolutely. love that you mentioned the electrolytes. Yes. Electrolytes are so, so key. I was actually planning an episode about hydration this morning and was going through different ways to get your electrolytes during your run that doesn't require you to just be chugging like all of those dyes. Cause I love the taste of Gatorade. I'm not going to lie. It's delicious, mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. is so full of food dye. Yeah. It doesn't even it's need to be there. And it also has, you know, fake sugars, um, fake sweeteners that manipulate the hypothalamus. Oh yeah. And the hypothalamus doesn't need to be manipulated. It They're needs just to be filling it up with stuff. Yeah. It doesn't need to be there. <laughs> you know, like they even like, have a Gatorade clear now oh, that shows yeah. that Gatorade didn't need to be colored. It's right. the same thing without yeah. the food color. It's like, well, why didn't you just give us this the first time? Why yeah. did you have to make it these bright colors and damage yeah. our bodies just to give us right. something if you had it in the first place? It just, right. it drives me absolutely bonkers that they do yeah. that. Like, well, when you think about it, you know, you know, Gatorade is created in a laboratory. It's a literal science project. Or would you, and when you think about mangoes, when you think about watermelons, when you think about bananas, when you think about pears and peaches, they're created in the laboratory of the sun, <laughs> you know, and the so earth. True. And they are in the laboratory of photosynthesis. Which laboratory do you want to entangle yourself with? Do you want to be a science project guinea pig or do you want to actually get food that has a sacred intention on replenishing and giving your body what it's actually asking for, right? Oh, 100%. So you just, it's just really about making these decisions and pausing for a second and realizing like, okay, what am I putting in my body right now? Uh, because this is a, this is 
this is about oneness. Food becomes completely a part of you. And we have to understand that every nutrition decision we make, we're having a conversation with every cell in our body. 100%. I know I've been drinking a lot more coconut water as mm. like my intro. Great electrolytes. I read it and I was like, I'll try it. You know, I was a little hesitant because I don't know why as Americans we're like ingrained to be hesitant about using something that's natural. And I don't know why that has been forced down our throats to the point that it's like a belief. And that's what I've been using more. And like, I'll even flavor it by kind of adding other juices to it just myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. it's so amazing. It tastes yeah. good. It's refreshing. And I'm like, why yeah. haven't I been doing this for years? Yeah. Like, my, my, my kids love coconut water. My daughter loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And it has a slight sweetness. sweetness, a slight mm -hmm. sweetness, but the electrolytes are off the charts. Wonderful. Um, to support you from cramping. And, um, you know, I just want to say too, I think a lot of people have a misconception about carbohydrates and the, and the, and you know, this, this, this negative outlook on carbohydrates when complex carbohydrates are, they're Something everything. We need. We need oh I think it's God. 130, oh if God. I remember grams of carbohydrates just to power our brain alone, yes. not yes. mentioning anything else. Like, yeah. Carbs are just now the new bad food. It used to be mm -hmm. fats. Carbs took over now, but I'm sure it'll switch back to protein being bad here soon. They'll go on a rotation. But yeah, well, protein in general, like complete proteins. One thing I found out with studies um, in my whole food plant-based nu nutrition program is that, you know, the human body or actually the human athlete only actually needs 10% of its diet to be protein. Mm -hmm. And the rest can just be complex carbohydrates. Now, one of that, one of the reasons is because if you if you intake too much protein, you tax the liver and you tax the kidneys, and you can create complications with liver disease and kidney disease. Right, it's especially around protein powders. You know, oh, yeah. people need to be very careful about protein powders because they're laboratory created. They have a lot of ingredients in there that you cannot even pronounce. But people say, oh, it's pea protein. Look, How long has it been since it was a pea? <laughs> exactly. You know, where's the dietary fiber, right? You know, but when you, when, you, um, when you think about it, it's so concentrated the liver has got to break that down into something tangible for the body to use. This process is so taxing and um, it is it is completely unhealthy and it's it's unnatural as well. And so I just feel like um, when I when I figured when I when I got that information, I'm like 10 percent and I'm like, it makes complete sense because you need the glycogen. Mm -hmm. in your muscles, when you're running marathons, you need the glycogen when you're working out. This is what is going to support you to finish your workouts. Protein is not going, a complete protein is not going to help you finish your workouts and sustain your workouts. And it's not going to help you sustain a marathon. You need these complex carbohydrates. You need these, these sugars mixed with these fibers, or you need that juice to get you going carbs are so key they are amazing um, they're so my personal favorite ways. macro 
My personal so favorite. <laughs> and also they have amino acid chains. So anything that is a carbohydrate or a complex carbohydrate has amino acids like beans. Beans have uh, are complex carbohydrate, mm -hmm. but they have uh, so many amino acid chains to where they're almost a complete protein as well. Right. And so it's amazing what they can do. It's just an amazing food. You know, it's just amazing. And I think a lot of people forget because when you tell them 10%, they're like, oh, well, how are my muscles going to build? But it's like you've been saying, they have the different amino acids. So if you're eating the different, you know, carbs and fats from the beans and the protein and everything mm -hmm. else, you're still getting the building blocks. Absolutely. You might not be eating the direct thing but you're still right. getting what the whole goal of eating protein was, which was those amino acids. Amino acids, absolutely. So you and only need 10% yes. direct because you're getting it anyways. It's right. like you're the getting free it thing anyway. on the side, the free gift. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I really believe it's this, you know, and I don't want to come off as a hater, but it's this bodybuilder culture mm -hmm. that we think that, we have got to have a complete protein. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's a lot of unlearning that we have to do around nutrition because, you know, your energy is, is so vital, um, to protect. And I think, you know, and your mindset is so vital to protect and you could literally be having the greatest intentions. And all of a sudden you go to the doctor and you're like, they're like, why is your liver enzyme so low? What have you been eating? What's going on with your body? Oh, doc, I've been working out and I've been drinking protein shakes and I've been, you know, I've been taking care of my body. What's going on? Oh, well, you need, and then all of a sudden you got liver and kidney issues, oh, you yeah. know? And uh, it's just, it's just really, really important that we stop feening off of this idea that protein is the end all be all and it's going to save us. When you get amino acids, you get protein in everything you eat, you know, so it's just, you know, it's a lot of unlearning that has to happen, but it's, you know, it's going to take time, but eventually people will catch up. <laughs> My theory about it, I was actually just thinking about this while you were talking. I think it's marketing people. They yes. market everything to get us to want to buy their products. And the way to do that is to get us to hate on the better option that was naturally given to us since we got here on earth. Yeah. And it's another thing, like you mentioned with the, how you do things right based off what you were told, like how you said, like, I've been working out and drinking the protein shakes. I actually know someone who decided that they wanted to do the ketogenic diet because mm -hmm. it was going to help her with something with her. Like, I think she was pre-diabetic mm -hmm. except for she took out all carbs and now she's eating pretty much straight bacon. And she went oh. to the doctor and her actual cholesterol levels were in the 300s. Yeah. I didn't even think they could get that high. I remember when I was yeah. told the story, I was like, oh my God. It's gosh. so sad. That's so sad. It's oh, like, we're man. going off so much half truths and half oh pieces of information that no one knows how to get to the actual root of the problem, which yeah. to me, I always giggle when I say that because the root of the problem is go eat something that was a root that had a root. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. That's if you want so the cool. root of the problem, find something that had one, find the plants, the corn, yes, everything yes. out there. And that's going to help so much. Cause like I mentioned, like yeah. I feel so much healthier. I have so much more energy. I just, yeah. everything ever since I switched to a more strongly plant-based diet. Absolutely. 
Like, and well, it's I mean, it's it's me. it's a normal reaction. It's it's a normal um, byproduct of plants because being anatomically created to be herbivores, you're honoring your body's homeostasis when you partake in whole food. It's simple as that. You know, we're we're all children of the sun. We need this energy, right? A lot of people think, oh, human beings didn't start developing brain uh, frontal lobe until they started eating fish and eating meat. That's not true. The fish, what were the fish eating? The fish were eating algae. Mm-hmm. This is why fish have omega-3s and fatty acids in them is because they eat plants, right? And omega-3s are it's so not important. The, it's not the <laughs> flesh. It's not the flesh that is supporting you. It is the plants that the fish eat that give you that frontal lobe development. So why not just eat the plants? Why not go get some seaweed? Why not get some, you know, get some algae or, you know, some blue algae or, you know, why not do that? And, you know, it's, uh, and then also people are, well, my, my beef is grass fed and I have omega-3s in my beef. Well, why don't you just eat the, eat the plant source that they're eating? Obviously you can't digest grass, you know, but why don't you start, you know, juicing wheatgrass? Why don't you start eating more arugula, more kale? There's actually as fatty acids in that. Why don't you start focusing on quinoa? Why don't you start focusing on chia seeds or flax seeds, right? You can get all of your, uh, fatty acids from that, right? You don't have to keep focusing on, you know, what anthropologists say or whatever, you know, and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, and when you think about for the planet, right? I know you said that, you know, you, you partially eat meat, right? The fact that you partially eat meat, do you know that you're literally, you know, you're, you're, you're decreasing your carbon footprint by like 50 to 60% by just only partaking in a little bit of meat. If you go vegan one day, you decrease your carbon footprint by 73% for that day. And you also save one animal from being slaughtered. Right. You also save money too. Yes. And you save money. (laughs) Right. And you, and you, and you cut down the long-term repercussions on having to, to go to the doctor um, to get served because you have a chronic illness because you've been eating meat every day. I just encourage you, if you're going to partake in meat, don't eat it every day. Mm-hmm. If you eat it every day, then you're, you know, it takes, you know, it takes about a day or two. It takes about two days for meat to actually move through your body. So if you're eating it every day, then you're compromising your gut lining and you begin to uh, uh, some of that begins to putrefy in you. And so you need to be very careful eating it every day. But if you can make it a side dish that you have every other other day, then that's better than just, oh, I'm just going to have a steak every day. And the and steaks that these people my... eat, people going oh out there God. eating 16 ounce steaks. I'm like, you only need like two to four. Like. Yeah. Like, what yeah, are you and doing? You really honestly don't even need it. You know, yeah, you like just you can get it elsewhere. Want it. You can get everything you need from a whole food plant-based diet. Everything. Anything you need, you have it, including a complete protein and vitamin B12. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another big thing. Everyone's like, oh, well, you have no energy. You don't get vitamin B. I'm like, yeah, you do. Like, yes, you do. like yes, what you do. do you mean? There's Nutritional so many excuses yeast, that nu- people come up with. 
Oh my gosh. You know, and the thing is, is my thing is just try it. Try a whole food plant-based diet for 30 days and just tell me how you feel. Try it for two weeks and just tell me how you feel. And then all of a sudden, we're going to have a different conversation, oh, a different time. conversation, you know? So I just encourage people, man, to, 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 to really begin to, um, you know, to just, you know, try something different, you know, uh, and even if understand it's just one energy. meal at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like if you can't agree to doing three meals a day, meatless, let's just mm -hmm. do one meal a day, meatless. Yeah. Start there. And then you can start kind of doing every other day with your second meal. And you can kind of ease your way until you kind of get into this happy meal. Like I said, I only eat about maybe 10% meat a week. Mm -hmm. I have days where I don't eat any meat. I have days where sometimes I do have two meals with meat. It just mm -hmm. really depends on what I'm doing. But for the mm -hmm. most part, I just stepped back until I realized, oh, I'm not starving to death because everyone told me I was going to go so hungry. I'd be hungry mm -hmm. so quickly. after. No, I'm just right. as full as I was before. I'm actually fuller because I'm able to actually eat more for yes. the same calorie density that I used to. Yes. I'm there able you go. to eat in there volume you now. And anyone who it, knows me, I can eat. Okay. Right. I am not scared of food. So uh -huh. eating more plants, I've actually made it where I can eat more and I can snack. And I got rid of the guilt because I'm like, oh, I'm just eating this and I don't need it. Like I was able to just keep on snacking. Like roasted chickpeas are like my heaven right now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't know why, but that is chickpeas my food great. obsession. Yeah. I just keep yeah. changing the flavors like, oh my gracious, because yeah. they're just they're crunchy and they're just yummy. Oh yeah. Honey roasted ones in particular right now. <laughs> good, good. I'm so I'm so glad you're you're having fun with it. And you now understand that all calories are not created equal. Oh, definitely not. You know, definitely not. You can, you can, you can, you know, and the thing is, is you know, with when people are like, you know, I, I just can't do this whole plant-based thing. Well, one of the practices that are in my book, Plant-Based 101, Whole Food, Whole You, is solar snacking. Try to only snack, because we snack as Americans, you know, we snack. You oh, know? yeah. And so if you can just say, okay, I'm only going to snack today on fruit, that's it. And I'm just, pretty sure I ate a pound of grapes the other day. Right. <laughs> like, just see how you feel. Just see how you feel like, you know, I'm not telling you to change your dinner completely, you know, only eat beans, rice, quinoa, leafy greens. But if you want to do that, go for it because you will be better for it. Um, and but try to only snack on fruit and see how your body feels or, you know, vegetables and maybe a hummus. But just solar snacking food whose first ingredient is the sun and then just. Begin to monitor how you feel. And, you know, one one thing about, one of the exciting things about this plant-based lifestyle is that the epigenetic potential of it. I don't know if you got into epigenetics, but this is how you can overcome your environment to shift the expression of your genes. You can't change what your genes are, but you can, you can level up and upgrade mm -hmm. their expression. And this is when we overcome our environments and a whole food plant-based diet and lifestyle allows you to level up your gene expression. So that way you prevent cancer and you have a life sustaining gene expression. And this is the beauty of not being a prisoner of what you're inherited. People think, oh, it's in my genes. Diabetes runs in my family. High type two blood, uh, high blood pressure runs in my family. I I'm just going to get it. It's normal. No, it's not. 
if you take away those habits and you change your environment that you allow your genes to thrive in or survive in, mm -hmm. and you begin to have a whole food plant-based diet, then you can completely shift your gene expression. But obviously other lifestyle factors of relationships, establishing a nervous system regulation therapy, all of that stuff supports, you know, having, you know, exercise, all of that affects your genetic expression, right? And this is how we can overcome our inheritance, right? We're not prisoners of our DNA. You know, we're not. Oh, 100%. So. No. A big thing that I always tell people when they come to me and they're like, obesity runs in my family or heart disease runs in my family. And they always kind of say like diabetes runs and a lot of it can be genetics, but I feel like the biggest part of what runs in a family is their habits. Absolutely. You know? If you grew up eating hamburger helper, that's more than likely what you're going to make growing up and to your children. If you grew up where all you did was sit around on the couch, that's what you're going to do to your kids. And I feel like so many people like to blame genetics. And again, I, I admit there are some genetic factors, but a lot of the times you can prevent a lot of those genetic factors from actually activating. If you just eat healthy foods and you get some exercise, move around and do these things, because our genes aren't always active. And I think a lot of people Absolutely. really forget about that. For example, my mom, she's in her fifties and she just got diagnosed with celiac disease. That didn't okay. activate for most of her life. Something that she did in her life activated. It wasn't like on purpose. It wasn't like her fault. She didn't go, today I'm activating this. But mm -hmm. something happened that activated it. And my sister has lifestyle, mm -hmm. and hers isn't active. So mm -hmm. it's like, at what point do you have to go like, okay, well, maybe this could have changed that. Same thing mm -hmm. with people who have obesity in their family. If you have a lot of obesity, are you doing the exact same habits that your family members were? Because if so, you're more likely going to activate the genes that cause that. Well, you can do a little bit of preventative to try to kind of heat it off a little bit at the same time. And so many people forget how much of what we do in our lifestyle and what we're exposed to determines what gets activated in our gene code. Like there's Absolutely. a reason why yes. cancer comes later yeah. on in life normally. Everyone has yes. the cancer stuff in there, but it's at what point do you finally break the camel's back to pushing it to where your body's like, okay, I can't fight this anymore. Cause I want to say mm. it's like every 60 seconds, you're killing at least one cancer cell. Mm. At what point does your body suddenly not be able to keep up kind of yes. thing? So, yes. so many people forget that you can control your future to a lot, a certain degree. Not every disease mm -hmm. can you do this. So, so many. You just got to mm -hmm. do something to help stop the process and stop the passing down. It's just like generational trauma. Mm -hmm. You can be the one <laughs> to stop that trauma. You oh can be goodness. the one to stop the bad habits. The buck stops here. Exactly. You know, and I will be the one to open up a new pathway for the new generations to come down, you know, and this is so important. Everything you just said, I applaud it like to the 10th degree because this is about taking responsibility and exercising empowerment. 100%. Empowerment. A lot of people don't feel empowered like, oh, I'm just a victim. No, you just have a victim mentality. But in actuality, you have dominion over your genetic expression. 
And when you change your environment, a lot of times it makes you have to change. Even you have to sort of separate from your family for a while. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Because when you're around your family and your tribe, then you do what your tribe does. And if you're trying to, to be an agent of your own self-transformation and your evolution, which is what I believe human beings are here to do, we're here to evolve, we're here to grow, we're here to transform, and we're here to live our best life and not to be imprisoned by what we think our personalities are, you know, it's like you have to change your, not only the environment of your family, you might have to move out and, you know, whatever you might have to change, you have to change your diet. That's changing on another environment. You change how much exercise you do. That's changing another environment. You're changing the type of people you would, you, you get involved with. You're, you're hanging out with people who not only care about you, but they care about themselves. Then all of a sudden you have had four or five different factors in your immediate environment. And that will spark a new genetic expression. You cannot change your DNA. This is your inheritance from your ancestors. But this DNA has, you know, an infinite amount of ways that it can express itself on a lower end and a higher end. And when you make higher changes and when you're going, when you're changing the thoughts that come in your mind, when you're attracting new thoughts and new creativity, then all of a sudden things change and you don't, you're not obese. You don't, you don't have that threat anymore. And all of a sudden people in your family are looking at you like, man, what's working with you? You know, what's going on? You know, Hmm. You know, and then, uh, you become an influencer, <laughs> in your family, <laughs> you know, it's true. Just small changes. When I was yes. in college, I actually somehow ended up with an allergy to 27 different foods. 27 different wow. foods that if I ate, it was about, had about maybe 10 minutes. And then I was going to go hang out in the bathroom for a long time, one way or the other, if you know what I mean, like 27 different foods at this point, wow. it was awful. I couldn't eat anything. Black pepper was on the list. Do you know how hard it is to eat out and not have black pepper in your food? I moved away to move with my husband and I don't know why, I guess it's because I went away from where I had a bunch of friends to hang out with. So essentially I was alone. He knew people here. I didn't really know people yet. I was still getting to know people. So what I did with my time was I exercised. Mm. And then as I started exercising, I started eating better because I'm like, well, I want to support what I'm doing. So yeah. I changed my diet. I started to exercise. I started sleeping the proper mm. amounts. I was in a new area. I was like, oh, maybe I should drink water. Everything I'm researching says you need to drink water. So I went from drinking like 20 ounces of water a day to drinking 70 plus ounces. And I can eat every single one of those foods on that list now. Wow. Every single food. I can eat it just fine. I was lactose intolerant. Eating mm. any milk product, it was instant. Mm. I can eat anything I want now. I mean, mm. I don't, but like, yeah. it's amazing the difference how I went from barely surviving to now I'm thriving just yeah. by changing my diet and what I was doing. And in this process, that was the point where I started to incorporate more plants. I started counting my plants. I was like, how many mm -hmm. plants can I get today? And it was like a, mm -hmm. almost like a joke. How many yeah. can I get? And I got my wow. mom and my sister to do that as well. And it was like a competition. How many different plant varieties can we get this week? How many colors of the rainbow can we eat this week? And suddenly yeah. we had energy. We were feeling better. 
And it's just amazing. The difference just those small changes can make in your medical history and your life. Well, you know, that right there is the perfect testimony and example of completely shifting your gut microbiome profile. You rediversified, you rediversified your gut microbiome and your gut health went through the roof and understand that your gut health is for one, a doorway to your intuition. It's a doorway for getting to know yourself on a deeper level. It's a doorway to getting to, to start trusting yourself, but your gut health is so important because your gut microbiome, your, your gut in general is 80% of your immune system. So you are literally fortifying your immune system and changing uh, and giving these microbes incentive to go in and dance with these genes in a different way, right? Because we understand through the science that I, I learned is that gut micro, your, your microbes actually interact with your genes on mm -hmm. every cell. There are particular microbes assigned to your, to the genetic material in your body. And when you develop a healthy gut microbiome, when you diversify those plants, when you eat the rainbow, then all of a sudden you begin to literally affect your genetic expression in real time. And this is exactly what you did, but you not only did it, you made it a lifestyle. I did. You made it, it took a lifestyle. A it took a while. It, yeah, it takes but... a while. It takes a while, but you have a completely different relationship to your body, to your mind, your mind and your, your gut brain uh, access is completely off the charts, pristine and healthy now because you know you're on the right track. You're grounded in your body and you're not even allergic to anything anymore. I know like, that's the this best is part. A, I this can is eat a without huge fear. Testimony, huge testimony. Anybody listening right now, this is the power of using plants to take your body back. And this is exactly what she did. And this is, this is what I support my clients in doing. You know, gut health is so important, so important. You are grounded in your greatness. You're, you believe in, you trust yourself. And all of a sudden you start unleashing this highest version of yourself that was waiting to be tapped into. And my athletics improved huge amounts the more I got on this too. And mm. I can tell the difference between like, if I go somewhere and like have a cookout where I ended up eating a cheeseburger and then I try to run the next day, as opposed to when I had a plant-based meal the day before, and then try to mm. run the next day, there's a huge difference in the energy and the sluggishness. I feel like there it is. I'm just like, what the heck is happening? It took me a very long time to put together. It was what I was eating more than my sleep. That was determining my energy levels for my next run. I was determined I needed more sleep. I was like, I need nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. I'm just not like the rest. I need this. And I was just trying to sleep and sleep and sleep, but nothing was fixing it. It was there my diet. There you go. The there diet go. was what diet. broke through. And that was when on my running side, when I really focus on diet, that's when I start making my personal records. That's mm. when I start taking off and I can do my speed work and I feel great. And then when I kind of get slack because I'm human, I hit slack mm -hmm. and I'll go through, I'm like, mm, I don't feel like cooking. I'm just going to heat something. That's like a frozen meal up. Yeah. All of a sudden I slow way down and I get frustrated. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'll mm -hmm. look at my kind of food log. I'm like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm able to take back off. And it's amazing, amazing, amazing what it does for your just 
general, just everything, just everything. As you can tell, I'm a very big plant lover here too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, you, you, you have this bar barometer to test yourself. Like you're an athlete. And so you can kind of tell like, okay, you know, when I don't have all of the cholesterol floating through my blood and constricting and my blood vessels and inflaming, you know, my blood vessels and, you know, restricting the circulation of my blood, which, which really controls how much oxygen my body gets, then my times are going down. But when I eat plants, all of a sudden I have all this energy. I have all this oxygen. I have good circulation. Hmm. Maybe it's because I don't have any animal cholesterol floating <laughs> through my blood. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the reality. Like, I don't know if you've seen this documentary called game changers. That one I haven't. I saw the first oh, one you mentioned. You are going to love plants even more when you watch Game Changers. <laughs> they do. They do. They do a scientific study on uh, NFL athletes. Oh, actually, one NFL athlete and then two other athletes, and they do blood circulation analysis around what they eat, when they ate it, and then they do a test. And this test is amazing. It just shows you the power of plants and what it does and how quickly eating meat and eating high cholesterol fatty foods can literally change your blood composition in hours oh, in yeah. hours and it can affect your performance in many other ways in hours and so we have so many incentives to to eat plants um particularly when it comes to lifestyle disease and chronic illness the only way you prevent a lifestyle disease is by changing your lifestyle habits but a lot of a lot of us are very um attached and addicted to to meats to the standard american dietary lifestyle and we begin to we try to push emotions we try to emotional bypass by eating all of these addictive foods you know and ultimately you can't you can't keep trying to bypass your true emotions. You got to get grounded in your body and know that these emotions are giving you a message, you know, and your nervous system can develop the capacity to hold all of these emotions and to help you release them if you give it a chance. And the beautiful thing about plants is that they help you trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest nervous system. The standard American diet, the meat, the, you know, the chicken, the, the, you know, the, all of these, you know, processed foods, they trigger the sympathetic nervous system. So your body always has a level of cortisol in it and you're always on buzz and it's you, your, your sleep is affected. You know, your digestive system is always cycling and it's just your homeostasis is out of whack. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just find yourself in a spiral you know, but when you get on the plants, when you begin to take it one snack at a time, one meal at a time, and one healthy mental conversation at a time before you eat, then all of a sudden you begin to develop a, a greater capacity to sit with your emotions, to sit with whatever it is you've been trying to stuff down with all of this food, because it's so much deeper, you know, diet is a mask. It's just a mask, you know, well, it's, mm -hmm. it's not a mask, but it's sort of like, you know, you have a bad, you have an obesity issue, but in reality, what's behind the obesity, you know, it's not, you know, what's, what's 
why are we, you know, what is, what is behind the impulse to just eat when you're not hungry? You know, let's, let's get knee deep. Let's get to the root. Like you said, <laughs> the root, you know, and let's talk, you know, it's okay. If you need some talk therapy, if you need to have a real conversation, if you need to be honest, if you, maybe you might need to do some Qigong, some nervous system regulation to support journaling the whole nine, you know, how are, you know, are your other practices? A lot of times food is, can be a very dangerous situation when you're trying to escape life, escape emotions, escape issues through these poor dietary habits. And then we shorten our lifespans and all of a sudden, you know, heart attack or stroke, what happened? You know, so and hard. then it's, it's too late. And the, unfortunately we live in America, which makes it even harder because the foods are actually engineered to be addicting. So now yes. you have both sides of the emotional side and the fact that they are physically putting things in the food to make it where you can't stop. Like the joke, yep. oh, can you just can't have one. I think that was some type of chip a couple of years. Oh back, yeah. And more yeah. than a couple of years ago. Well, yeah. it's because they put something in there to physically make it to where you can't have one. Right. Trigger something in your brain to just go and eat and eat and eat. And they're doing this on purpose because oh, yeah. they're trying to make money. It's a billion trillion dollar industry, you know, and uh, it's a lot of people feel like, you know, the st getting off the standard American diet is, is like comparable to getting off drugs. No, it is getting off drugs. hundred percent. It is getting off drugs. They're loading it with sugar you know? and salts and yeah. fats and, and MSGs and, and all different, these things that are addictive. Different laboratory created sugars and different laboratory created salts as well. Like these things, like you said, they're engineered to negatively manipulate your body's hypothalamus, which is the the queen um, gland that directs all of your hor your hormones. And when that is negatively when it's neg when it's manipulated on purpose um to keep you addicted then you have a, a few issues on your hands you know you got these this trauma that you're trying to come to terms with but then you start to have these addictions <laughs> that you have to come to terms with and then you do not have control and dominion over your body temple and then this is where you need help. You need coaching. And that's where people like myself come in, <laughs> people like yourself come in and, you know, therapists come in. And then this is where one of the most, one of the most amazing things you can do in on your wellness journey, who is ever listening, whoever is listening to this podcast is to ask for help and to invest in your help invest the time, invest the money, because it will support your long-term quality of life, right? 100%. It's getting help because there is a system set up for you here that wants you to ignore your emotions, watch Netflix, and just go buy a bag of chips. Mm -hmm. And this is a recipe for body temple disaster and a way for you to unleash negative genetic expression hundred percent you know you make your choice you know get some help we're coaches out here we're trying to support you guys man give us a call let's go we have studied the science deep like 
I think and our bodies, our, our worry. bodies have been the experiment too. Like your body is literally an experiment. Like, like you, you have proof. You're a walking testimony. I love you sharing your testimony on your, on your, using your testimony on your podcast to really let people know in like what your experience was with plants. This is huge. A lot of people need this tangible information to believe. It is. Know? I still There's... have the paper from where I went to the allergenist and where they drew all over my back and they poked me like, I think it was 150 allergen tests and mm. they poked and they poked and it took hours and it didn't feel that great. Mm. And I look at that paper and I'm just like, holy crap, that used to be my life. Amazing. I used yeah. to literally have to carry that around and go to restaurants and be like, do you see this list? Mm -hmm. I can't have any of this. What can you feed me? <laughs> and they would normally stare and they would normally claim that they could. And then I would eat and then I'd end up sick because they would just try to sell me food and the food would be delicious, but it was not worth the outcome of what happened to the point I started eating at home. And now, I think what that was as the well was huge What was thing. the amount of time that it took? Like how long did it take you to overcome 27 allergies? It probably about a year, but okay. it could have been less because I was avoiding those foods so strongly. Mm. So it, it might've been, been less. less Wow! because I hardcore was a year is like, Oh my goodness. You know, I know it I'm was just about tell a year you. after I moved here. And that was when I think I went to a friend's house and I ate something and I just was hungry and I didn't ask first. I was like, wait, that was on my list. And I was like sitting there waiting for the result. And I was like, wait, nothing's happening. So then the next this day I remember looking at my husband and I was like, I'm going to try that food again. This is a book. hundred. Like this, this is, is what happened. I was just terrified and then nothing happened. And I just kept trying to add them back in. And every once in a while I'd have a reaction to one here and there, but slowly I added them all back in. I was like, wait, I'm good. Nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like if you came out with the title that said how I overcame 27 allergies in one year, it would be a bestseller based off the title. <laughs> oh yeah. And you have all of the, the things that you were allergic to on the front page, <laughs> a whole metal medical document. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Charlotte medical, Charlotte medical center. Here we go. This is my medical record. You would do so much for people to, to begin to transition into a whole food plant-based diet, because a lot of us need proof. We're so five cents based that we just don't understand. Like anything that is coming from the sun is going to be your friend. Like Mangoes are your friends. Apples are your friends. Like it's obvious because it's coming from the sun and grown from the earth. But a lot of people feel like, okay, what did you overcome? What did they need to hear testimony? And that's the power of, of us, of what we have is testimony, you know, and, um, you know, I'm a firm believer and, you know, I'm, I definitely have a testimony around shifting my gut health from becoming vegetarian to completely vegan and to becoming completely inspired to, to live, you know, my love and my truth of supporting people in this holistic health and wellness, um, on this journey to promote holistic health and wellness. Um, but I think I attribute a lot of it to just, you know, my own self-care and my own relationship to to plants in general. I've been I've been more productive in my life the last five to ten years than I ever was prior, you know. And a lot of that is oh, yeah. because I've been able to pour into myself uh through plants, through meditation, 
through uh, being being able to sit still and get grounded and not use my wellness to bypass rough emotions, but use my wellness to sit still and to actually lean into these emotions and lean into the opportunities I have to know myself on a deeper level and to begin to heal and to release, right? To get grounded in the truth because I'm not necessarily my emotions. I'm the awareness of them. They don't have to control me. I can sit with some anxiety and go, okay, it's going to be me and you today. Anxiety, great. I don't have to go out and drink and smoke and go to McDonald's and push it down. I can actually talk to it. It can, you know, I can get information from it. And then all of a sudden it doesn't have to be this, all of this end all be all panic attack because I'm acknowledging it. I'm not shoving it down and I'm using my breath work. I'm using my meditation. I'm using my whole food plant-based diet to continue to trigger my parasympathetic nervous system so I can stay grounded enough to get to know these emotions and understand I don't have to know where they come from. I don't have to go back and relive my childhood, you know, but I can, I can hold myself and love myself enough and give my nervous system a chance to, to, to feel them and then to release them, you know? And so, yeah. That's amazing. I feel like that's just like the perfect place to end. Like yeah, how plants can it. change your life, <laughs> right? We could talk for a whole week straight. <laughs> I feel like you and I would be able to talk literally yeah. forever. We could just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you. I want to first off, thank you so much for coming here and talking with us because you are such a wealth of knowledge Mm, that it's just absolutely amazing. If any of our listeners wanted to find, you said you wrote a book, the plant, it was plant-based 101 whole foods, whole you. Did I have that correct? Yes, absolutely. If they wanted to find that book or find you or a website or anything, how could they get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me would be through the gram, Instagram. (laughs) Go to I am Toussaint, no, I am dot Toussaint Stewart, T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Um, I am Toussaint, I am dot Toussaint Stewart. Go to Instagram, click the link in the bio. That's my link tree. Um, and then you'll see uh, a link to get the ebook. You can download it. It's a 74-page whole food plant-based manifesto. And um you can also get the audio book as well. Um, you can sign up for Intentional Friday, which is a free holistic health and wellness container for 30 minutes, West Coast time um, at 12 p.m. to 12.30 p.m. So East Coast time, it'll be 3 to 3.30. But I teach you how to transform your life in 30 minutes through five different modalities, and it's free. You can also set up a free holistic health and wellness call with me to just get free information and guidance on your whole, on your, on your wellness journey. You know, all people are welcome. Anybody is welcome to get this free information. And I can see if you were a good fit for a coaching client team, right? Um, and then you can check out all of my coaching containers on that, on that bio as well. So just find me on Instagram. I am dot Toussaint Stewart and check out all of that stuff. And I look forward to meeting you, serving you and, uh, you know, giving you all this passion I have to about staying well, you know, I love it. And I'll make sure to put your Instagram handle in the show notes so people can find it really, really easy. Because sometimes people listen to this when they're on runs or in the car. That way it's right there ready for everybody. I wrote it down as you were saying it. That way they can find you and it'll be ready to go. So thank you so much for being here today. 
Thank you. Enjoy. Uh, I enjoyed it. And, you know, anybody listening, keep listening to this podcast because, man, your higher self brought you here. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks so much, runners, for spending time with me and listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. I always love to hear from my listeners. And if you want more Let's Run Fit in your life, find me on Instagram at Let's Run Fit with Be Lit. Until next time, runners. The information in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or professional advice. Please always consult a medical professional if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The Let's Run Fit podcast is not liable for risk or issues associated with using or acting upon the information in this podcast.